listening to Fox Sports Radio. 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 Fez, here we are on the eve of yet another restart in the NBA. The NBA playoffs are back. Coming up tomorrow, they've agreed to it. The owners have agreed to the players' requests and uh, their assistance to try and help the cause and get their messaging out and put a stop to some of the violence that is happening and some of the other things that players have wanted to be changed for quite some time. And so here we are. The NBA starts back up tomorrow, Steve Fezzik. And I got to ask you this. If we take it from what needed to be done in regards to for the players to feel comfortable to come back on and want to play and continue this season. Now we transition over to what you specialize in, and that is who's got the advantage? Who's the team that looks to benefit the most from what happened over the past 48 to 72 hours in the NBA playoffs? So, Steve Fezzik, I ask you, professional sports better, our NBA expert here when it comes to professional sports betting, what team benefits the most from what happened in the NBA bubble over the past 72 hours? The Houston Rockets, Jonas, because if ever there was a team that needed a timeout in their playoff series, it was Houston. They open up with two double-digit wins against Oklahoma City. Oklahoma City makes some nice adjustments. They go with a smaller lineup. They put their rookie Dort guarding Harden. And Harden was playing more and more minutes. He was starting to wear down, it appeared, playing more than 40 minutes in Game 4. And Westbrook, it did not appear, was going to be able to come back Game 5. And if he did, he would not be 100%. But having these extra days off, I think, really benefits the Rockets, who are likely to get Westbrook, who looked very good in practice, apparently, coming back in Game 5. Yeah, and I think that, and look, this is not any any report that I saw, but the way that you saw this going, and it, and it felt like this was something similar to not, I don't want to say that Kevin Durant was the equivalent to it last year because Kevin Durant's injury was much more serious and the concern for an extensive injury like he had was much more serious. But it felt like the only way Westbrook was going to come back and push it was if they were in a hole and they desperately needed another body out there and they needed him out there in order to try and win this series and get a game that they desperately needed. So in a way, this does benefit them and to your point all the reports that we've heard come out of practice is that Westbrook looks phenomenal that's that he's explosive and he looks as close to 100% as you can possibly be so I would agree it felt like Houston got a couple of games from Oklahoma City without Westbrook it felt like they were in the driver's seat to go ahead and run away with this series but now that it's evened up and now that we've got a pivotal game on our hands the fact that you're going to get Westbrook back I think is only good things for the Houston Rockets who I still legitimately believe believe are a title contender in this bubble environment. Yeah, now earlier in the week, RJ went ahead and had a best bet on Oklahoma City, and I liked his best bet. And the line at the time was Oklahoma City plus three. And that handicap was that if Westbrook came back midweek, that he would not be close to 100%. And RJ liked the adjustments that Oklahoma City had made and the fact that Harden was wearing down. Things change in sports betting. Now that we've had three more days off, now that Westbrook has looked so good in practice and Harden got to rest, I've spoken to RJ, and I know he's not nearly as bullish on Oklahoma City. Even though you're getting five now in Oklahoma City, line has gone up two points, and I think that that is an adjustment that absolutely had to be made, if not even greater because of the fact that Harden will be at 100% and Westbrook should be back at close to 100%. I have Westbrook worth three points to the Vegas betting line, Jonas. Okay, let me ask you this. So, say, did RJ get the bet in officially at the, at the plus three? He did, but his bet would have been, if you bet it, it would be voided. Okay, because that's, that was my question. 
Yes, it goes by house rules. Different books have different rules, but the vast majority of books, if you bet on a game and it's not played on that day, or at least within 24 hours at some books, the bet is a refund. So, you sh- if you did bet RJ's best bet, you should have a refund, and you can rebet it if you should so choose. Yeah, but why do I feel like not every book is going to honor that? Why, why do I feel like when well, not every book plays by the same rules? And and maybe what would happen is that they would take it case by case, and depending on where the book was at, they would they would determine that no, sorry, listen, you place the bet, the game hasn't been played, but it is going to be played. That's the number that you get. Yeah, it, it is a complicated situation because I know one local book here, the Westbrook, has a rule. It's called a COVID playoff rule, Jonas. The Westgate, all, correct? Yes, all bets have act. Oh, I'm sorry. I mean, yeah, the- maybe it maybe it just opened up. I don't know. I, I mean, it, that could be the case. You know, I know the uh, the old San Remo probably got torn down, so maybe the Westbrook's by the San Remo. <laughs> I have no idea, Fez. It it is indeed the Westgate and the Westgate. If you bet it. And even if they play a week later and it's the same game, the game five, you have action. However, if you have a physical ticket, you can go in if you want to void it. This is a very nice that the bookmaker does this. You can void your ticket. I actually went in because I had bet Oklahoma City and asked, I bet on the app, Jonas. I asked, can I get that bet voided? They're like, sorry, Fez, you only get can void it, the option, if it's a ticket, not an app bet. So I'm oh, out of luck. Okay, so, you, so you're screwed in that regard. By the way, wasn't there a fire at the Westgate recently? Didn't I see yeah, some video? small fire. Very good. So you, you've been reading up on the uh, the <laughs> Vegas day to day operations after that incident in the Blasio Fountain. That's good. Jonas. No, no. But here's the thing: because Steve Cofield, friend of the show, the original uh, host on Straight Out of Vegas on the weekends, he actually sent out a tweet of a video, and I remember seeing it. And there was a damn fire at the Westgate, and I thought, okay, well, who did Fez piss off that they threw, <laughs> uh, you know, like uh, you know, a, a, a blowtorch at or something like that? Because I know you're not very well thought of in a lot of casinos and sports books out there, so. I I was just making sure that you were okay. That was in a roundabout way. I was just checking on your your well being. That's it. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. And yes, I would say about half of the books around Vegas still let me bet at them, so I'm still in action. All right. Well, very good. Straight out of Vegas. Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Steve Fezzik, you've been counting down 32 all the way to one, your NFL team rankings, and we come to team number 11, and that team is the Tennessee Titans. Yes, and I like the Titans to go over eight and a half wins, minus $1.25, so got to pay a little extra vigorous. The Titans are undervalued, Jonas. Titans only won nine games last year, but the reason, Marcus Mariota. He was bad last year. The Titans were bad with him. They went two and four. When Tannehill took over, the Titans were a much better team. They finished the year 7-3, and three, and that playoff run was tremendous, winning at New England, at Baltimore, hanging in there at Kansas City. So I can make a case the Titans were playing as a team that should have won at least, if not more, 10 wins under Tannehill. Tannehill was a top-10 quarterback. You know, I had a lot of trouble rating Tannehill where he should be this year. I know that Derrick Henry set him up with play action to to succeed last year. I have him as my number 12 quarterback. Do you think that's too high? I do. I'm not as big on Tannehill as a lot of people are. And I was last year during the regular season, I'll give him credit because the run that they made was sparked because of Tannehill. He was just a better quarterback and he is a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. And there was talent on that roster and they got motivated by what was happening. My biggest issue is that when it came down to the most important games of the season, even though they were winning those games in the postseason, it was Derrick Henry throwing touchdown passes. They didn't go through Tannehill yet. They still gave him the big contract. That's my 
biggest concern. It's why I'm down on Tennessee this year. Yeah, and I certainly downgraded Tannehill. I don't expect him to be a top 10 quarterback. There's other reasons, though, that I like the Titans. As a running team, we talked about timing might be off for passing teams to start the year because it's so critical with the practice to get it right with limited practice. But being a running team, I do believe it's easier. Uh, Continuity, 19 starters are back for the Titans. They have a very easy schedule, third easiest schedule in the NFL, so that should help them to win more games. And the kicking Last year, the Titans were horrendous at kicking. Eight out of 18 field goals, so they made less than half their field goals. Now, they don't have a good kicker this year either in Greg Joseph. He can't be worse than the four guys that kicked for them last year in combination. So, a lot of ancillary reasons to like the Titans as well. Oh, it, we're in the middle of a pandemic, and you got to take out Joseph like that on the air. What's that about, Fez? <laughs> Think about that. You make half a field goal a game. How is that even possible, Jonas? I I know. It it is crazy. I mean, but look, they made a run, and it did work. And and a lot of people, Clay Travis, I know, has said they ended the dynasty in New England. So you give them credit for that. I just – I'm really skeptical on on Tennessee. What are Do you have division odds? And I'm putting you on the spot for that. Do you have division odds? Because I feel really confident about one team in that division. But I want to hear what the odds are first before I say it on the air. I'm going to go ahead and, and pull it up. So the Colts are plus 135, Titans plus 175, Houston plus 325, and the Jacksonville Jaguars. I know you don't like them, 20 to 1. Uh, it was the Indianapolis Colts. I'm out. Uh, I wanted to be unique and say, okay, well, I like the team that's not the favorite to win that division. It, it is the Indianapolis Colts, but since they're the favorite, I'm out, and I won't be making that pick on the air. So there's Very that. good. Yeah, i got to be original, Fez. I do want to ask you, my one concern about the Titans is Derrick Henry and his usage last year. Now, he had 300 carries during the regular season. That's a lot. That's pretty much the most any running back typically gets now. But he also carried the ball 83 times in the postseason. And these were high-impact, very leveraged carries in the postseason as he was stiff-arming guys, running over guys, basically small car crashes. You added up, he had almost 400 carries. Can we trust Derrick Henry to stay healthy and to stay elite given all those miles on his tires last year? I mean, I would give him the benefit of the doubt. Uh, they already paid him, so you can't go back and say, well, no, nah, don't worry about it. We got major concerns. I just look at it and I go, all right, if that's the case and he struggles, do you trust Ryan Tannehill? And you're telling me that you trust Ryan Tannehill more than, what, uh, 20 other quarterbacks, starting quarterbacks in the NFL? I do, and I trust him a lot more if Derrick Henry's still getting his five yards per okay. carry setting him up for favorable play-action passes. Totally agree. All right, Steve Fezzik, you have a best bet on the Tennessee Titans. This is one of three best bets here on the show here on Straight Out of Vegas. What is it? Yeah, Tennessee Titans season win number over 8.5, minus 125, so risk 125 to win 100 on the Titans to go over 8.5 wins. There he is, Steve Fezzik. Jonas knocks in for R.J. Bell here on Straight Out of Vegas. Straight Out of Vegas! Be sure to catch live editions of Straight Out of Vegas weekdays at 6 p.m. Eastern, 3 p.m. Pacific on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app. Fez, we just finished up your look ahead to the number 11th ranked team in the NFL as we head into the 2020 season. That team was the Tennessee Titans. Number 10, we go all the way to the NFC North, and it's the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, I like the Tennessee Titans. Over eight and a half wins is the best bet. The Minnesota Vikings, I don't have a best bet on the season win, but I do lean under the nine wins for the Vikings. Jonas, we talk about cluster injuries during the course of a year. Well, the Vikings have a situation on defense. I'll call it cluster losses. That D 
has lost so much. So you look at the defensive line, they lose Everson Griffin, they lose Linvale Joseph, Michael Pierce opts out, they lose three guys uh, on their defensive line. And at cornerback, cluster losses there with Xavier Rhodes, Trey Waynes, Mackenzie Alexander. That defense is always good under Zimmer, seemingly. I'm not so sure it's going to be good this year. So the Vikings won 10 games last year. I have to feel that these defensive personnel losses are going to go ahead and bring them down to nine wins, if not eight. Jonas, is it possible that that Viking defense, which seemingly is always good, might just be average this year? Well, I don't think the defense played all that well last year. A lot of people can point to Kirk Cousins all they want. I actually thought Kirk Cousins had a good season last year. I thought the defense was a disappointment. I felt like it, the timing was just off to where they were off by a year. If you would have gotten that Kirk Cousins the year before, maybe we're looking at a different outcome. It just felt to me like the defense took a step back, and offensively, uh, the, the Minnesota Vikings were still a, a good team, still playing at a high level. I thought Kirk Cousins at times played some of the best football of his career and he got a contract extension after the season. Dalvin Cook's one of the best all-around running backs. If he's healthy, that's a big if. They lose Stephon Diggs, although I don't think that's going to be as as bad of a loss as a lot of people might make it out to be. So yeah, the defense is a question mark, but it feels like if I've been paying attention that you like the under on every single team in the NFC North. No, I like Detroit over. So I, I believe in parity in this division. Everybody's going to go eight and eight basically. I do want to ask you that loss of Diggs Adam Thielen has tailed off mightily the last two years at the end of the year, uh, had injuries last year. They have a rookie coming in, Justin Jefferson from LSU. How confident are we that Cousins is going to be comfortable with his with Thielen and with the rookie at uh, wide receiver? Yeah, I mean that's the that's the big question. Also, you lose Stefanski as your offensive coordinator, and it felt like they had a really good rapport he and and Kirk Cousins. So yeah, that that'll be interesting to watch. I just don't know that I trust anybody in that division that's better than Minnesota right now. Honestly, like I I don't know that I mean, I don't know how you can trust Chicago. I don't know what the hell's going on with Green Bay and what their thought process was. Uh, everything you hear is that Jordan Love's not playing well in practice and then look, we keep waiting for Detroit to have that breakout season and then they start off the year 2 and 1 and next thing you know they're looking for their fifth win and it's week 16. It's like it feels like we go through the same thing over and over again. It might be now that I'm thinking about it, the worst division in that conference. Like, yeah, like if, if, if outside of the NFC East, I think the NFC East and the NFC North are, are fighting for the worst conference in the NFC. And the Bears just lost their running back for two to four weeks, Montgomery. Right. I, I don't think Tariq Cohen is uh, ready for prime time no. starting at running back. That's Nor not his is role. He could, can you imagine him playing like in the snow in Chicago in December, being the lead back? So I mean, <laughs> problems for all of these teams, no doubt. I, um, you know, the Vikings. One thing I don't like about the Vikings, also, they were the least injured team last year. And you're like, wait a minute, that's good. We've got a healthy team. No, they were healthy yeah, last year. Th- that always evens out, doesn't it? It exactly. always feels like it evens out. And exactly that, right. So yeah, some that, injuries come for the Vikings. All of a sudden, seemingly everybody in that division could be going eight and eight. Yeah, and and you you get a big playoff win on the road last year against New Orleans, and I know it felt like all right. So that you know that at least got the confidence level up from Kirk Cousins, and then you run into an absolute wood chipper in the 49ers in the Bay Area, and that was a problem. So it just look, I I I just don't. My big thing is I don't think the Vikings are a great great team. I think 
think they've been better over the past couple of seasons, but I just don't know who's the other team in that division that I would go, oh, for sure I like them over Minnesota. I, 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 can't, I don't feel good about Green Bay. We talked about it all year last year. How many bounces, and you talk about lucky breaks and as far as injuries go for the Minnesota Vikings. Man, Fez, we were breaking down Packer games going – God, they barely beat this team. They were at this point. What was it? What, they were like four, three or four point favorites against the Raiders in Green Bay, and nobody could make figure out why. There was a Monday night game against Detroit early in the season. They were only like a two and a half point favorite, and nobody could figure out why. And then we figured out why. They they weren't as good as their record was uh, seemingly was. And when the Packers went on the road and played most notably the 49ers twice, and everyone can say, well, why would they draft a quarterback? They were one game away from the Super Bowl. Man, you if you, if you think that was one game away from the Super Bowl, I'd like to know what your what, what your idea of one game was because they were blowtorched in that game. Yeah, and, and it, was, several, it wasn't close. In several games, I remember when they played at the Chargers. The they Chargers, had all the, yes. Had all the fans in the state stadium very disappointed, Cheeseheads, I might add. I think they got rolled 11 to 26. And the Packers actually got outgained for the year last year. And you got to wonder, Aaron Rodgers and. Does he have a chip on his shoulder? Or is he just upset with the organization not having a number two wide receiver because they traded up to get Jordan Love? I mean, this this really could, and, and I mentioned that the equivalent to the NFC East. This could end up being like what the NFC East was last year, to where the team it, it could come down late in the season with a couple of matchups, and it's going to be nine and seven that's going to win a division there. It wouldn't surprise me at all in the North, honestly. Oh, I agree. All right, so Faze, you have two best bets on the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, recap your first best bet if you could. Yeah, Tennessee Titans over eight and a half wins was my first best bet. Okay, and then you have a best bet on the Minnesota Vikings. Now, do you want to drop that best bet here right now, or do you want to drop that best bet after the break? I mean, you let well, me know. I, like, how do you want I, to play this? I have two of them associated okay. with the Vikings, so I'll drop one, and we'll go prop bet. Kirk Cousins over 3,800 pass yards, Jonas. So, last year, Cousins only threw for 3,603, but last year, he sat out Week 17, so the Vikings mailed in their Week 17 game against the Bears. He would have gone over this number had he played that game, and Kirk Cousins, amazingly, in the four years before, he's never missed a game, so he is Mr. Consistent in terms of not missing any games, and he's gone over 4,000 yards in all those years. So, if I'm right about the Vikings, and their defense is not nearly as good as it's been in prior years. That means the Vikings aren't going to have the lead, which means they aren't going to be able to run the ball like they normally do half the time. They're going to have to throw the ball more. This is a usage situation. Even without digs, I think Cousins has to throw more. I'm going over 3,800 pass yards, Kirk Cousins. God, look at you. All that bullying of Kirk Cousins in his primetime appearances over the past couple of years, and then you come all the way back around, and now you're rallying for him to put up big yards. I mean, what, what, a, what a reversal of worlds for Steve Fez. You are a heartless human being. You know that? He can throw four interceptions. I just want him to get yards. Fair enough. All right, good for you. So you don't care about his Pro Bowl appearance. You just care about him hitting the over so you can win your money. All right, fair enough. It's a cold world out there. So that being said, now we're on to best bet number two. This is one of three best bets here on Fox Sports Radio. If you missed any of the previous two, you can check out the podcast after the show at foxsportsradio.com. Best bet number two on the Minnesota Vikings is what, Steve Fezzik? NFL Week 1, we're going to take the Green Bay Packers catching the points at Minnesota. Shop around on this one. The line is anywhere from plus 3 to plus 3.5 on Green Bay. 
we discussed how much parity there is in this division. All the teams are really close together. Well, normally, Minnesota would have a really awesome home field advantage. So, if Minnesota is comparable to Green Bay, they're very close, I would expect that Minnesota should be laying three and a half to Green Bay. But, the big part of Minnesota's home field advantage is that great crowd noise. Well, Minnesota on Tuesday this week announced no fans, along with many other stadiums, week one to start the season. Without the fans, Jonas, I can't give them more than two for a home field advantage. So if I've got two comparable teams and I give Minnesota a generous two for home field, that doesn't get me to even three. If I can get Green Bay plus three or more, and there are plus three and a halves out there, absolutely best bet Green Bay plus three to plus three and a half. And that's at Minnesota. You like Green Bay plus three and a half at Minnesota. Yes. Okay. Because Mike Zimmer, and I don't know if you saw these comments from Mike Zimmer last weekend, about a week ago, Mike Zimmer was talking about how there was an unfair advantage in that some places could have fans and other places couldn't. And Minnesota is one of those places that's not going to have fans. So the fact that their head coach is already discussing that publicly, does that make you feel better about your bet? It does. I'm not comfortable making huge bets against Zimmer <laughs> exactly. because I, I love Zimmer as an NFL <laughs> coach. And he's actually, if you would blindly bet on Zimmer, you're cashing 62% uh, since 2014. So he knows what he's doing. Right out of Vegas! Fox Sports Radio has the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com. And within the iHeartRadio app, search FSR to listen live.